have to say here with leather jacket on because there is I have air conditioning. It's the full science park. Of course, it's got air conditioning, but it doesn't sound good. It sounds horrifying, and I don't like having it on. I had uh, well, it's happened a couple of times actually when I've had clients come in here. And then it switches itself off because you set the temperature, obviously, and then it turns itself back on and they look terrified. They'll just be chatting to me about something and it'll go. Oh, yeah, the gas is releasing. <laughs> just to see how they respond. <laughs> to see how freaked out they get. I just uh, shot the video on um, anorexia and social media usage. And I thought, because um, I don't have to. Still have like half an hour before I need to leave, and I have nothing particularly useful to do in that half an hour. I thought I'd do like a quick little Q and A with you guys. So if anybody's got any questions about anything at all, um, feel free to ask me. Do you know about the Tavistock Institute? I know who Tavistock was, and I know where the Tavistock Institute is, and what buildings are near to it, and what a weird little. Place. What a weird little part of London that is. Um, so, yes. I'm, I'm always slightly nervous of what people, people are going to ask me, but they're going to ask me something really, really weird. You can ask me whatever you want, by the way. Because if it's too weird, if it's like about aliens or something, I'll just switch this from public to unlisted so that nobody sees it. How can we encourage others to get off social media? Um, I wouldn't really. I just uh, I don't know because, like, it's 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 hard to do that without seeming like a bit of a nag or um, being seen as a bit weird. So I just would. I don't know. I probably. I haven't. I haven't spoken to anybody about it. People try and start conversations with me because I forget. Because I'll be in like work mode. And I'll go, oh, the plugged in documentary, and this is a, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. And I'm focused on it. And unless I'm talking to one of the interviewees or somebody that we're trying to get for the follow on documentary or to Richard Willett, the director, I don't talk to people about it. So then they come to me and they start talking to me about social media usage. And I'm like, why are they going on about what, what are they talking about? <laughs> what are they talking about? It's like my brain just does this massive split. And I, 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 I'm like, why are they? Oh, that's right. And they'll be like, you know, that documentary that you made. And I'll go, oh, yeah, 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 it's bad. It's bad. Um, I mean, for me, I just, I don't know, I'm, be I'm, I'm better off it. I hope I hope I, I, was, I was trying to prepare people gently in, in, in a previous YouTube video. I'm going to have to do another period off social media, and it's going to include YouTube. Um, how I'm going to do that without inducing abandonment anxiety, I don't know. One of the things that I have considered um, is maybe getting, um, say, if I do a period of time, is having communication with Richard Willett, and he would then go into the Spartan Life Coach channel, and then I would do, like, a Google Hangout with him so there's still, like, content that's being uploaded, but so that I don't – so that I'm not on my phone so that I'm not flipping my phone out and looking at what's, I don't know, there's something, it's its definitely better being off Facebook and Instagram, but even having, I think even having my capacity to answer work emails on my phone is a problem. There's a weird, there was a nice feeling I got when I went 
clean, like no social media. It was a really good, like I could think, I could think good. I could think real good. And now I can't think so damn good. I have questions coming through. How can we encourage others to get off social media? Tell them to watch the Plugged In documentary. And if we did a good job, they'll watch it and go, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. And if we did a crap job, they'll go, hey, I'm not watching that. And that's that. Do I think that doctor's charts are wrong with body weight? Oh, I don't know. Do you know that? Is social conditioning and destroying our teens? It does seem to be, yeah. It does seem to be. Aliens asks, what about the aliens? You're looking at you're looking at one mate. Look at your own hands. Look at your fucking weird. Just you're an alien. Where are the aliens? Where are the art? Where are the I need to ask person intelligence. Where are the alien life? <clears throat> How do you get your identity and confidence back after narcissistic abuse? There's a guy on YouTube who runs a, a channel called the Spartacan Laugh Cage. He has some information about that. His old channel is just about getting your identity and confidence back after narcissistic abuse. Flat Earth, where do you stand on this? On the Flat Earth, eh? Were you being funny? The Flat Earth. Um, I think it's, I originally thought it was just people trolling. Um, I thought it was a mass troll, and I think there are Flat Earthers who are just trolling. And then when I looked into it a little bit deeper, which I don't know, for one afternoon, I gave it two hours of my attention, I found out that actually, um, a lot of the flat earthers are hardcore creationist Christians. And then I was like, thank you. Okay, now I understand what you're saying. You're saying he has the whole world in his hand. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, that's that's cool. Um, so as a, as, a, as a metaphor, it's, it's fine. But in real life, like, the, the, earth, the, earth, is, the earth isn't flat. The planets aren't flat disks. Stars aren't flat. The earth isn't flat. We spinning. We spinning and spinning and spinning. We spinning and spinning and spinning. We're spinning, then we're moving, and then we're doing this. Ooh, yeah, no, we're not. The earth is flat. What's under the earth then? What's under the earth? His giant palm, his massive hand. What's under that? His massive arm. Duh. Um, okay. Are you an atheist? Uh, no, because an atheist is anti-theism. And I'm quite into theisms, actually. And you go, which one? And I go, don't make me commit. I like them all. I like some of all of them. I like, I'm like. I'm a multi-theist. I'm a, uh, I can't be a polytheist. That means something else. That means you just believe in many gods. I'll be a multi-theist. I like them all. Uh, I don't think there's an identifiable singular God or goddess being. But, you know, I think that life is clearly full of many mysteries that go beyond human comprehension. Have you asked Sam what he thinks about, the, about that Anunnaki yet? I've never brought up the Anunnaki with Sam. You know, I think for all the years of martial arts training that I've got under my belt, I think if I actually really piss him off, he'd probably have me. <laughs> it's like that. You're so stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. 
No, I'll leave the Anunnaki out of it. Um, yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave that out. <clears throat> Jason says, the documentary was very well produced. The audio levels were perfect. The video was edited very well and the entire piece flowed very well. Thank you very much, Jason. A lot of that is down to um, the director, Richard Willett. Um, I released the video before just saying he's available for hire. If any, any of you out there, like I know some of you are, like psychologists and life coaches um, who, who follow what I do, and he can make uh, your material just look nice. Very nice. Uh, Lynn says, Richard, addiction, could it, would it ever be possible for yourself and Gabor Mate doing an interview? I'd love to do an interview with Gabor Mate. I don't imagine he's a very easy person to get hold of. Um, like, he's a busy guy. He's, he's he's got a he's got a lot going on, but yeah, I love I love a bit of I love a bit of Gabor. I think he's uh, I think he's boss. I don't think he's ever said anything that I that I <laughs> like ever didn't just wasn't just nodding away, going yes, yes, that's it, that's it, that's how it is. Um, so yeah. Uh. Uh, since getting off social media, have you had problems focusing on certain things? I had problems just trying to fucking read a paragraph in a book without checking my phone. Um, I actually, I was reading a lot on my phone, which is how I ended up with, with these, I think, because of the sheer amount of time I was peering into a screen. So that's what I would do. But it was still, okay, I wasn't just liking pictures of cats farting. I was reading, but it was still addictive. So um, I could sort of justify it maybe at an intellectual level and go, I'm reading, I'm reading stuff. You know, I'm learning about history and that. Um, but it was still a manifestation of a kind of... I don't really know what to call it. Like I was calling it work addiction and then I was thinking maybe it's like adult ADHD, maybe I'm, a, I'm an adrenophile. There was a, there was a compulsion to keep going that was, that was going on. So I already was reading a lot on my phone. You'd find me at three o'clock in the morning going, I don't know, what really was the monetary system in ancient Rome? I just, I, no, I just need to know, but I need to know at three o'clock in the, in, in the morning, I need to, to I was just, it, it's a, you can, you can get addicted to thinking, you can get addicted to analysis and to your own thoughts, and it can be a way of running away from real problems in your life. So actual reading paragraphs was what I was doing on a smartphone. Now, unless I have a reason to look at the phone, I put it down. Um, and I'm doing good with that, but I still look at it for emails or silly WhatsApp from, from my mates, just, just chatting and having a laugh. And I don't know, it's, I, I am feeling like the connectivity is an issue. Like my reachability is an issue. Like it wouldn't do anybody any harm if I just wasn't fucking reachable at all um, for a certain amount of time. And it's, ma it's making me want to do the December thing again because I got into a certain state of mind that now I've lost again. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of want to get back there. Thoughts on pickup artists? Uh, uh, yeah, 
I've got a lot of thoughts on on pickup artists and, and pickup artistry. Um, if people want to hear about it, I'll, I'll 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 gladly open that door. The problem is it's Pandora's box because they're very very active online instead of being out doing all their amazing pickup artistry that they claim to do. They're actually hugely active online, um, and so I would I would get trolled to death and it would be tedious. Um, but pickup artists. Yeah, not much, but I have learned as well. I, I think the I think the industry is bullshit. I think the industry is bullshit. But I've learned stuff um, from people who call themselves pickup artists that have been really useful as well. But yeah, the PUA community is not. I, I'm not that I think there's anything wrong with guys learning how to be better with women. That's a fantastic thing. So that's, that's a really good thing. Women should learn how to be better with men. People should just learn how to do stuff. And if it involves socializing, chatting to people, I'm all for it. But that's not really – that's what it is in theory. But the PUA community as it is in reality is not as – NASA in Hebrew means deceit. Whoa. <laughs> Wowie. <laughs> what does the word Dorito mean in ancient Navajo? I don't know. <laughs> what does the word eraser mean in Sanskrit? Did you know that the English language that we speak has loads of Sanskrit words in it? Go and look up Sanskrit words in the English language because our language is uh, considered it's it's put in a in a linguistic class that's Indo-European. We have loads of Sanskrit in our language. Isn't that amazing? Nasa in Hebrew means deceit. Yeah, because the Israelis were like, right, we're gonna tell America to have a space program, but it's all gonna be a lie controlled by us from Jerusalem. <laughs> I, I believe that. If the earth is a ball, how how do people live upside down? Fuck, you're right. You're right. How do they live upside down? I lived in uh, New Zealand uh, for nine months, and um, you just get used to it. You just get used to it. I mean, your change falls out, um, and doing your hair is weird. Uh, but other than that, obviously drinking a pint of cider. They have delicious cider in New Zealand. It's tricky because you have to like <laughs> before it. <laughs> uh, Grace Sol says, you need to in a stand. Inner know the shape of the earth. <sighs> Just in a standard. <laughs> it's changing your trousers. <laughs> uh, once you hinted, there may be a couple of points where you disagree with Eckhart Tolle. Oh, I want to fight him. Come on, Eckhart Tolle. Me and you, mate, outside. Would you be comfortable to be more specific? Um, I might have hinted because there isn't really any. I don't I, I think um I don't think people with CPTSD should just mainline Eckhart Tolle. Um it it's gonna be frustrating. They're gonna get frustrated with him. And when people come to me who have CPTSD and they're like, You've recommended Eckhart Tolle, he drives me mad. I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna defend him. Because for a start, he has a certain flavor. He's a very intelligent, very cerebral intellectual guy. I think like I don't know, he's got I think he had his enlightenment when he was studying in Cambridge, when he was studying philosophy at Cambridge University. I mean, he's dead clever. And um, you either you either like him or not, but I don't think he's ever said anything I particularly disagree with. 
like even his description of the pain body, I go, well, that sounds really close to emotional flashbacks. Um, he says being in the now will heal the pain body. And I'm like, can't tell people with CPTSD to just meditate and be in the now because the superego will eat them alive. But there is a huge number of people who've done what he's advised them to do and it's worked for them. So, you know, um, I, I think Eckhart Tolle is great for normies, but if you're a fucking weirdo, you're going to have to see me first. <laughs> I think if people don't have big time ego shattering trauma, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the essence of his teaching is always come out of story and come back to what is now and what is real um, and use meditation to do that. I mean, great. I just probably would say it differently because I know how to talk to people who do have those issues in a way that they can wrap their heads around. It might be a bit um, effusive uh, for others, but no, I, I, I don't think I really disagree with him. Uh, can you talk about passive aggressive physical and psychological abuse sometimes? Oh, God, yeah, passive aggression is awful. It's so awful. Blow drying your hair in a mirror upside down sounds way, way, way too tricky. I know. Have you always been a wizard? Probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, probs like in previous lives, I reckon. I reckon I was into it. And I was like, fucking hell, lad. Wizardry is the way forward for me, kid. You know, in um, in Tai Chi, when you study Tai Chi Chuan, which translates as the grand ultimate fist, the great and final style of martial arts, to end all martial arts, they don't talk in terms of years to master the style. They talk in terms of lifetimes. It will be five, year, five lifetimes before you can... Part the horse's mane. Uh, Deborah says, I don't think he is single. How dare you? He um, he candy comes from Sanskrit. Thank you, Rebecca. I didn't know that. I had no idea candy comes from Sanskrit. The last one I learned was dusk. Dusk is uh, Sanskrit. Uh, nobody went to the moon ever, says Stephanie Wilson. Uh, my uh, coaches, uh, Steve and Terry, they give me a lot of shit about the moon landings because I'm like, listen, if you think in 1969 we went out into space outside the atmosphere properly in a spacecraft that had less radiation insulation than would be afforded you by a modern washing machine and came back, landed on the moon, flew off the moon, came back, with a live video feed that was sent by radio signals, a live video feed from the moon. Oh, please. Listen, it was the Israelis. NASA is Hebrew for deceit. Dorito, Dorito is Navajo for your silly. Stop it. Uh, do you think addiction is addiction like one problem just manifested in many forms or is it different and specific with every addiction? I think two people to listen to on addiction are Gabor Mate and that guy who was just the English guy who was just recently um, interviewed on Joe Rogan. Let's have a look. I was going to actually chop out some of his interview and upload it. It was so good. Um, 
He's done two interviews on Joe Rogan. He usually sets Joe Rogan off a bit. I think he winds Joe Rogan up. Johan Hari. Johan Hari, I guess that would be pronounced. Johan Hari. He's a writer and a journalist. And he has a book called Lost Connections. But his uh, description of addiction as it relates to isolation and a lack of connectivity with others is, is brilliant. And he's speaking as a, as a recovering uh, drug, drug addict. So, yeah, that's where I would say you should go. What's the topic today? I just said people can ask me whatever they want. Um, passive aggressive physical and psychological abuse. Ugh, so awful. May not says, I'm from New Zealand, and this explains a lot. I think you can just say, I'm from New Zealand, and we'll all go, mm -hmm. <laughs> I miss New Zealand. I really, really miss it. I had such a good time down there on the side. It was great. Hello, says Gabby. I'm from Romania. Hello, my friend from Romania. Thank you for coming on and shouting in your capital letters. <laughs> uh, do you meditate? Um, no. I mean, very, very rarely uh, do I, would I consciously sit and then just do it. I go, went through, I go through periods where I do just consciously sit and do nothing. Um, but I'm, do have this like workaholism, adrenophile thing going on. So it's hard for me to do that. So I compromised and started setting aside time to do chanting. I, I learned through a friend of mine how to do uh, um, some Hindu chants and some some Japanese chants. And uh, it's not that I particularly believe that I'm talking to anybody, but it actually was something that would still the mind, still my mind and prepare me for meditation. So if I was going to sit still, for a 15 or 30 minute session, I'd probably start with maybe some Namyoho Renge Kyo's for 15 minutes um, or the Gayatri Mantra. I usually find can just bring my, uh, brings my mind down to a place where I can. The only thing I can say is like, I do stuff meditatively um, at times. And I am a person who would consciously think, oh, I'm in story and I'm getting stressed and I'm getting tired. I had this this idea. I was going to do a YouTube a YouTube video about it, um, and I just, I just haven't got around to it yet. I'm back to talking about meditation and being in story. Being in story is tiring and it's agitating, and I think it's winding people up. And I think one of the things that social media does is it keeps you in story, which is why you have stories on social media and why you have a timeline on social media. It's to feed back a loop to you to say this is who you are. And you go, I didn't say I was that. And then social media goes, you told us that's who you are because you told us that was the frappuccino you drank, who you were with. And you're in this nasty feedback loop of being laden with story. And uh, it's quite tiring being laden with story. Um, it's nice to break out of it. And if meditation is your way of doing that, then do that. If music, dance, training, surfing, Whatever you're walking in nature, whatever lets you drop out of the fucking arduousness and the heaviness of your tale, of your narrative, of your story, of the feedback loop of who you are, um, do that. That's important. And to come back to the present moment, the present reality, which um, is hard to do. I was just thinking about it today, actually, like it's it can be intimidating to be in the moment because it's kind of like in touching infinity. 
and it's kind of like touching death. But if you are present and you feel your socks on your feet, you are touching infinity because this is the infinite present moment and it will never be this ever again. I think I can hear the planet spinning on its flat surface. It's just a disc. <laughs> so yeah, um, I do stuff meditatively. And um, I'll find I just have moments where I'll just be like, Whoa, and then I'll sort of wobble out of this reality and maybe drift over to another one. <laughs> uh, what's the best way to heal codependency? Um, I don't know. That's my task for this year is to try and heal codependency in myself. And I have tools and techniques that I'm developing for doing that. Um, and I think I'm starting to feel the benefits. We're only at the end of February now. But until... I'm more confident about what I'm doing. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to say too much about that until I can give you decent advice on it. Uh, codependency is it's tough because I think it relates to your fundamental template for how you relate to reality itself. Unlike CPTSD, which is like um, dealing with the storm of uh, responses. Uh, ha! I'm in NZ. New Zealand, best place. Nice and easy going people mostly. Yeah, I miss it. I miss New Zealand. Um, Kyle says, hi, Richie. I'm installing new unconscious rules using self-hypnosis and journaling. Well done, mate. The self-hypnosis and the journaling is you retaking control over the hijacked superego that we discussed. The first set seemed to take 20 days. Does that seem right to you? Hard to say, mate. Um, I think it's, you know, it's uh it's your process um as we as we discussed when we first started talking which i think is over a year ago now does there is a lot of damage there there's a lot of fracturing to the ego boundaries not super ego damage so it takes as long as it takes for you man. um but you're working at it with discipline as i know you do because you have a strong work ethic um which always impresses me so you know i'm confident um well, I know that you've made progress because I've seen the progress you've made. I'm confident that you'll make progress. So you keep doing what you're doing, mate. You're doing well. Have you seen Dirty John on Netflix? No. True story about really nasty narc. Thanks to your work, I recognize the red flags. It's worth a look. Much love to you. I saw the advert and uh, the woman that he targets, it's, um, it's the Australian actor who played Chopper. Come on, brain. You know this guy. This is what this is where you pull out your smartphone and it's wrong. He was a stand up comedian first, you know that guy. It's right there, the name is right there. Anyway, um, and in the advert, I think she's a writer. I've only seen the advert once, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like take a video of that for, for uh, the, the people who follow on YouTube. She sounded like some, some of my clients. She's like, I believe if you create a beautiful space then nothing bad and nothing ugly can get in. I think I was like Netflix, I was watching Mindhunter and Netflix just, it rolled on and then it just showed me this advert because I was in the, I was in the kitchen like washing dishes or something and I heard that and I was like, well, that sounds like somebody, it sounds like, like word for word like uh, something I would hear. 
um, from from a certain section of, of my clients who believe in, you know, if I do good, the world will reward me with good. If I, you know, if my karma is clear, I'll, you know, whatever. It was, it was a really, really naive thing. And then I could see the setup was this guy was like uh, a predator. Don't tell me his name because this is what happens with tech. This is what happens with smartphones. You sit in a pub, you try and remember an actor's name and everybody knows because they all pull their phones out. Don't tell me. My brain will give me his name. Chopper is one of my favorite independent crime movies of all time. And I think he did an amazing job of acting um, like a, a nutter. And it was a great impression of, of, uh, of Chopper, the real chap as well. Um, bloody hell. Ooh, everything moved. Uh, Eric Banner. <laughs> Eric. Hate him. How did you come across Sam Backman? Uh, just uh, watching videos on YouTube. And then I did, um, I did a video that spoke about a video of his that I'd seen, and uh, we, we started uh, talking. Uh, via email and then eventually we met one day in London um, for a few hours and yeah um, got on really well with him and learned a lot so that was, that was that what are your thoughts about CODA Codependence Anonymous no thoughts mate don't know anything about them what's CODA Sanskrit for <laughs> cheeseburger my narc and I have been back together since 2016 and he still hasn't told his family or friends Please, in capital letters, what does this mean in your opinion? Um, I don't know what it means. Uh, it, it, based on the very limited amount of information I've got here in this, in this text that you've sent me um, and the number of question marks you've used, I can tell this is a source of agitation for you. What I would ask is how it makes you feel. Does it make you feel loved? Does it make you feel cherished? Um, does it make you feel agitated? Does it make you feel worthless? You know, how does it make you feel? Are his actions or inactions in this case consistent with his words? Is this the behavior of a loving human being? 2016, where are we now? 2019, three years, and he hasn't told his family and friends that you're back together. Um, certainly, uh, I would I'd consider that odd uh, behavior and uh, would be treading very very carefully with that gentleman do you have private sessions online i need a psychologist i don't i'm sorry um terry and steve are available though if you need to talk to them um hello richard granin hello Layla. you sound interesting i thank you i call myself an amateur philosopher but you seem to really seem but you seem to really seem to be really awesome and eons and eons ahead of me. Oh, thank you. I, I don't really know that much uh, about philosophy, but I try to remain philosophical. R. Kelly, about time, man. Oof. R. Kelly, sounds like you got away with a lot for a very, very long time. Uh, thanks so much for the link between Instagram and anorexia. Yeah, the uh, the research I, I looked at was like, that Instagram is not good, which is, ironic to me because for about a year of like really using instagram a lot i was like this is the social media environment that seems the nicest the friendliest and whatever that didn't turn out too well um 
Monkey O says, in a sanctum, read the human magnet syndrome. Um, whoop. Eric Banner is good in Deliver Us From Evil. Not seeing that. I will watch it later. You should come to Turkey. We have a lot of MPDs here. I was in Turkey last year. I was in Istanbul. Um, come, Jason. I'll host you in Istanbul. Uh, I'll ask Jason if, if he'll come over um, to be hosted there in Istanbul as soon as Jason comes back into the room. <laughs> Thank you, Asli. <laughs> uh, assumptiveness. What kind of... People are immune to facts and firmly rely on hostile speculations and how to deal with that effectively. Uh, what kind of people are immune to facts? Dummies. <laughs> and firmly rely on hostile speculations. I don't know. Sounds like people who are, you know, have a problem with their critical thinking skills. Um, how to deal with that effectively? Slip them a book on how to think more critically. TED Talk, have you applied? No. Is it something you apply for? If it is, let me know. I will apply. Thoughts on MK MKUltra? Uh, I, I, I used to have thoughts on it. Um, and I don't mean like they've changed. I mean, I can't access them in my memory right now. I used to know a lot about it, like a lot, like a weirdly large amount about MK Ultra and the other things um, that they were doing. I have this vague memory that my final conclu conclusion, my final analysis was that uh, MKUltra was a cover to make them look incompetent whilst they learned how to do mind control effectively. Um, there seemed to be this big gap between the PR, the public relations campaigns of Edward Bernays uh, that was used by a lot of American advertisers. So there's an expert. It's Freud's, Sigmund Freud's nephew. He's there in America. He's doing really great work uh, manipulating people at the unconscious level using symbols and words. And, and then you go, what's the CIA doing? The CIA is holding you down and sticking headphones on you and doing a technique called psychic driving to create a split in your personality. And I was like, I mean, that sounds like there's a gap in uh, in the understanding of, of psychology there. Remember that Edward Bernays and the public relations was, and his effect uh, was, um, you're talking like the 1930s, and then MK Ultra is like 30 years later, and it's like they went backwards. So I don't know. I, I think I think I went full conspiracy theorist on that and was like, yeah, I don't think MK Ultra is what the CIA was really doing. I think it was a decoy. It was like, oh yeah, you caught us. Now we'll stop doing that now. And that wasn't really what they were doing at all because psychic driving just sounded so stupid. Uh, that was one of the techniques that MK Ultra was experimenting with. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. It was a thing that was done. I have um, papers in the house um, that were sent to me. I've mentioned this before. For some reason, the Anthony Robbins Foundation back in 1996, I phoned them and uh, said, you guys, or Anthony was involved with Project Jedi, right? And some secretary there or somebody there went, yeah, 
I said, well, do you have the study from Project Zeddling? And uh, she went, yeah. I said, I'm a psychology student in the UK. She's like, oh, that's so cool. Could you, uh, could you send it me? And she went, yeah, sure. And a week later, they sent me. I have a, a copy in, in, in the flat across town in Liverpool of the um, Anthony Robbins Foundation report on Project Zeddling that uh, Richard Bandler was involved with, where they were literally trying to create super soldiers, elite level soldiers using psychology and even oh, even mystical um, practices. So um, yeah, but I have to admit, I've forgotten a lot of the stuff that I read about MKUltra and yeah, I probably shouldn't, uh, probably shouldn't talk too much about it unless I'm like, I really, really know what I'm on about. So I have to read it all again. Oops. The Wolf Road. Christopher Moody said, Richard, don't tell them that they will kill you. Oh, the study that the study that they sent me doesn't didn't doesn't doesn't really say that much that's of use. And I don't think um I don't think anybody cares now. Not at the state the world's in right now. It's weird, isn't it? Like, well, I mean, so so you go, well, they'll kill you for that. And I'd say, okay, Guantanamo Bay is open and has humans inside of it. Which is the bigger which is the bigger thing. Like, it's just there. We just, we've accepted it. Obama said he'd shut it down on his first day of office. He never did. How many years ago was that? It must be eight plus two plus three years later. It's 11 years later. And it's still, there's people still in there who are being played Barney the purple dinosaur 24 hours a day until... They do things to themselves that I won't repeat here because that's what you do when you're under a lot of psychological stress. Um, so there's a torture camp that we, the Brits, have ferried people. We, we've been recorded as providing the flights for special rendition uh, over to uh, Guantanamo. And then if they wanted to do torture that wouldn't be done at Guantanamo, we would take them to countries that were that we had relationships with that would um Right now, we're still in Afghanistan. We're still in Iraq. I mean, the idea that, like, I, I hear you, like, you'd love to think that, oh, somebody knows something about Project Jedi. Kill him. Get it, like, <laughs> give a fuck, man. There's way, way bigger things um, going on. I just spoke to one of my friends the other night. He was not long back from Afghanistan. He's a Brit, um, but he works for, he like, he works for, he's employed by, American agencies don't get excited it means like you know the people who work for the government in America need security and they don't always hire apparently there aren't enough American soldiers for it and for other reasons they hire external security forces as most people would know so you have South Africans and Brits and whatever um, who are private security dudes ex-soldiers protecting American interests there he gave me some insight into what goes on there, and it, it, it blew my mind. Um, I think it's okay to say, like, uh, the, the the British Army has a long-standing relationship with the, with the Taliban, where the Taliban will tell them which fields have been successfully harvested of the opium, so the British Army will go in and burn that field and then report back to HQ and say, we burn for poppy fields today. Aren't we doing a good job? 
it, it's it, like the fact that I know something about Project Jedi, which was a failed experiment. <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, Desert Wolf, you're saying a lot of things about. <laughs> What's he saying? <laughs> it's because I mentioned aliens. Somehow, like, you're going in timeout, Desert Wolf. <laughs> Richard, you may need moderators. The chat is getting dirty. I think I should stop is what I should do. Um, uh, Miriam says they're contracted. Yeah. Yeah, they're contracted. It's a weird, it's such a weird situation. Uh, we have a lot of Afghani Uber drivers in Liverpool. So I get to chat to a lot of people from different sizes. And like, he invited me to go to Kabul at the end of last year. And uh, I didn't go the last time he was doing a tour there. And, and I regret it now because it was possible. Like I was in Dubai, I was due to see Sam in Macedonia and I could have sort of, not quite on the way, but I, I was traveling so I could have done it and I didn't and I, I regret it now. But I think what we are aware of and what's actually there is very different. But that's not conspiracy theory talk. I think anybody who's, I speak, to, like go and speak to an investigative journalist who's been there and they would say, I'm sure they would say exactly the same thing. It's a, it's a very, very dirty book. Dirty, yeah. <clears throat> Dr. Maureen McDonald, I'm in Canada. We love everyone. God bless you. Astronomy Amatori says the good guys lose in World War II, Richard. <laughs> Thank you for your input. Mood Nasir says you could have stopped in Tehran too. I would love to. I really would love to. I'd love to um, to go to Iran uh, one day. Um, it would be uh, it would be a really really cool experience. Provided everything is friendly at that time, you've got to look at what diplomatic relationships are up to, and they fluctuate. But I would love to go to Tehran. People are talking about. Nazis now. <laughs> Istanbul first before Tehran. Maybe, maybe. I've been to, uh, to Istanbul. Um, yeah, I could go back. I don't know. Rob Syme says, I don't think we could have gone to the moon in the 60s and not been back. We did that. We did it. We did it. We, uh, we 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 covered that about twenty minutes ago. You can watch that on the uh, on the playback. Uh, going to the moon. I don't, I'm not saying we did that as when we went to the moon. We hella didn't. Absolutely not. But we caught. What I'm saying is I covered it before. Um, okay, guys, that's that's it because it's getting weird. Uh, thank you. Uh, Rob Syme says. Okay, sorry. You don't need to apologise, mate. If you came late to it, you can you can check it out. Um, yes, it's cool. It's cool. No need to apologise. Uh, more strength of mind podcasts possibly i need to get hold of young will Will, and see if he's available he's very very busy at the moment uh mood says i got myself a copy of steppenwolf based on your last video loving it so far steppenwolf good lone wolf good war wolf good all the wolves war wolf i'm now 80 percent through uh, nearly finished it by Herman Lons. Um, if you want to learn about the Thirty Years' War, which nobody ever talks about, don't know why, seems to be a pretty significant part of, uh, of European history. Um, 
from the German, from the perspective of a German peasant, uh, War Wolf uh, is a good uh, is a good read. Um, who wrote the others? Of what? Love Wolves. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Ladies and gents, thank you very much uh, for your time and for your attention. It has been fun. It always is. Recommend as a movie, says Tomislava Juvelle. Mindhunter is a good series. I like Russia Doll. Russian Doll. Mindhunter is really good. There's, there's a lot of like the uh, you know when you see TV shows. I was watching a Joe Rogan podcast and there was a Navy SEAL on there going, they get grenades wrong, they get guns wrong, they get violence wrong. They don't really get psychology wrong. I, I'd love to be able to sit there and egotistically go, they don't know what they're talking about. But I can't remember last time I watched a TV show where there wasn't like a high degree of um, psychological literacy. Because they're all, they're, they're watching this right now. They're copying me, God damn it. I want one cookie, a cookie. That's what I'm asking for. Um, no, but seriously, like there's there's really really good information out there. Um, what was the last film I saw that I thought was good? Fuck, you've got me there. Um, I watched the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, at the cinema. I liked it. I watched a film at home recently that I thought was good. Watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, I'm not a Queen fan, but as a biopic, it was just really well done. And uh, the lad in that who is in uh, Mr. Robot, he does a really, really good job of playing uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh, um, a beginner's guide to backstabbing. Uh, never heard. I'd like. I don't even know how I came across it. The beginner's guide to backstabbing. Um, if you're interested in real world politics, dirty wars. Um, and that kind of thing, then, uh, yeah, it lifts the lid on the uh, food for oil uh, scandal. And it's well acted. It's well scripted. It's 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 really good. So so Bohemian Rhapsody, good biopic. If you're a Queen fan, you're going to love it. And the beginner's guide to backstabbing. Or is it maybe it's called backstabbing for beginners. Right, ladies and gents, that really is it. Thank you very much for your time and your attention. And I look forward to speaking to you all soon. Thank you. Backstabbing for beginners. Thank you.